0: And some view it, if you looked at the first one, they viewed it, they travelled down there, went to Mount Sinai there, travelled back, back up along the Gulf of Aquaba, up to Eltham, and uh, up there is Kadesh Barnea as well, up around that area, uh, and then carried on up north. However, um, a gentleman by the name of Ron Wyatt, who's done a, quite a lot, he's a, a, an amateur archaeologist, but he started researching all of this, and figured that if there had been two million people crossing the Red Sea, there must be some sort of evidence for that, right? You can't get two million people traveling across, um, and that's why for many years uh, it's been classified as a myth. We've come up with all sorts of different things. You know, they, ca- they cross through the Sea of Reeds instead of the Red Sea, all this sort of stuff. Um, but Ron White has done quite a lot of research into this, and I'm going to give you some websites that you can look up for yourself. You don't have to believe me. You can have a look at yourself and you know, come to some sort of uh, classic opinion. But what he believes transpired, as they travel down through here, you'll see up there they've got a place called Baal Sifon, uh, with a red dot there just before you see them crossing over the Red Sea there. And uh, that area where they just cross, uh, which is probably on your left, uh, is what is known as Nuweba, all right? And we'll have a look at that in a moment. And then they cross across, and on the other side, where the wilderness of Eltham is, is where Bel-Zephon is also viewed to be, all right? And then they come down to Jabal al-Lawz, which is what they classify as Mount Sinai, and for a very good reason, all right? And uh, so you can go to the next one, thanks. Okay, now this is Nuweba Beach, Now, we're looking, as it were, from, uh, that is on the uh, southern side, all right, because uh, the west is up this way, south, north this way, and uh, east there, all right? And so, what transpires is this, is that that is the beach area, and where you see in the middle there, this little path coming out, is what they call the Wadi Watia, all right? And The word watir literally means entangled, right? And so when uh, God says Pharaoh will say they are entangled in the wilderness, it's literally relating to this particular wadi, which is a valley that they travel through. And uh, you can actually uh, follow different uh, videos of people who have gone through this journey and you'll see that in circles around itself like this. And they walk through that and you've got all the people there on this particular area there. Now, I haven't got a a shot of this, but up on the north end of the beach, or where are we, west, south, on the southern end of the beach, um, you'll find that they have uh, where the actual sand has been melted together by extreme heat into rock. This is a, a perspective view, that they believe that the fire, the pillar of fire was settled there, and it's caused this to just simply melt together because there's no other explanation for why the sand in that particular area is like that. Okay, just a viewpoint, just something to think about. So they gathered here at New Weber, right ready to cross. Now, um, this guy who's done all this research, Ron Wyatt, uh, discovered this around 1978, okay, and uh, so from that point, when he discovered this, he started to do dives here, all the way through here, okay? Uh, go to the next slide, if you want mind, Cal. So what you've got here, you've got a chariot wheel, an axle superimposed, right? over That image there is the same image over here on your right, okay? So they've superimposed because coral only grows on something that it can attach to. Now, it doesn't grow on gold. So you see up there that gold uh, chariot wheel. That's sitting there. They can't lift it because it's a veneer. It's been placed over the wooden structure, but the wood is all rotted away, and all they've got is that there. They've found about two or three of these in this area, and they've gone uh, diving in in a number of depths, uh, some from 80 metres to 60 metres dive in and found all this sort of uh, stuff here and I've only put just a couple there if you watch the videos you can see they go through there's just tons of all this where the coral has attached itself to different things attached itself to human rib cages and all this sort of stuff so they've actually found uh, uh, you know uh, elements of human beings that, that have been uh, you know died and, and buried there etc cetera, etc cetera. all right. And so all of this stuff is on the seafloor. And you can actually watch them doing these dives, traveling through. They've also, with these things here, when they find something, they can't lift them out of there. But what they do is they take uh, um, uh, uh, what do we call a uh, uh, metal meter. You know, what are they called? Yeah, metal detector. Uh, that's operative underwater. And they just run it over there to see if this metal that's associated with this, Right, and so they found that there are, there are metal fragments and all this sort of stuff in there. It doesn't attach to gold, but it does attach to other, uh, you know, ferrous material. And so the thing is this: that that they're able to see that there was a structure underneath that, and so the coral is growing there because it's abnormal to grow like that. It's just completely abnormal, right? Now, because Ron Wyatt is a um, an amateur archaeologist they don't give them a lot of credibility. But there are other archeologists who have actually looked at this stuff and said that does have credibility. All right? So, we go to the next one. So, where you saw them crossing over from uh, New Weber and they crossed the other side, which is Bel-Zephon, and they travel through, we've got three images here that are of highly uh, important significance. Moses goes up this mountain, the mountain that they've classified as Mount Sinai, right, which uh, has another name now, Um, let me locate it, Anyway, I'll come to it in a minute, Um, is blackened all on the top, as though fire came down, but you turn the rocks over and they're just a normal colour, right, and it's not uh, common over the other mountain ranges that are in the area. So they're... Looking at this and thinking something, some sort of event transpired here. Okay, now, on this mountain, it's also called Mount Horeb, right? There is a cave there that they have labelled Elisha's cave, or Elijah's cave, right? Which looks out over it. Now, this rock here is the Mount Horeb, right? It's the split rock, okay? And the Scripture relating to that is, you'll find it in Exodus chapter 17, verse 6, where the children of Israel are crying out and saying, you know, we're dying of thirst here. And he speaks to Moses and said, smite the rock. And so where this rock is, there is, in all the, the uh, stone that is from there, it has all been smoothed as though there's been a torrent of water that has been flowing for a reasonable length of time, because that's the only way that rocks get smoothed out, right? Right. Um, And so they think, okay, this is in that area. And what becomes important for you and I is the realization when we start seeing uh, particular things in a cluster, right? they're, They're not so isolated. They're in the general area altogether. Now, on this side here, we're now in Saudi Arabia, right? And when the Saudi Arabians began to realize what Ron Wyatt was actually digging up, they start to fence all the stuff off. You can't go there, right? And they've put up a thing, that because it is of archaeological importance, no one can actually enter into there. In other words, they've sought to stop people accessing it, but people still do, right? Now, so that's Mount Horeb. Now, on the top um, right-hand side there, uh, you'll see these pens there that they've designated that they were pens for holding cattle, right, or animals, and at the top end of it, on the, the top of it, on the far right corner, they found there is a uh, stone that was used for sacrifices. That they were sacrificing to their God, because that, 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 these have no other reason for being there. Right? And in the same area, they've got this drawing there. There's, there's a whole lot of drawings, but on this particular rock, there's one drawing of an apis bull, which is an unknown Egyptian. Uh, drawing of how they viewed bulls. And the children of Israel walking out could only have known that because they'd been in Egypt. Because it wasn't known, because this is in the land of the Midianites. Okay, so Moses is familiar with this. He lived there, right? He'd been up into Mount Horeb. He'd actually had that encounter with God there where he saw the burning bush and, uh, you know, he went near to it and God called him. Now he's traveled back into this area. Right? And so when we see this, we realize that this is part of the golden calf sort of worship. Now, you'll see all these white stones up on the top uh, right-hand picture. Those stones are round, like they've actually been carved, like they've actually made something there of significance, but now they're just all lines scattered. Okay? Then we go to the next one. Thanks. Okay. Now, these pillars here uh, that, those two pillars you see there, they're the same pillar, right? But when Ron White first went there, um, the pillar was lying down in the water by the Red Sea. And so the inscription on it had slowly worn away. At that time, that was under Jewish authority. And so he told the Israeli uh, uh, armed services there, and they actually took the pillar and they put it in concrete and stood it up just away from the water because what they found out later, this is what was, uh, Ron didn't know there was any real significance to it till he went across to the other side and found an equivalent pillar standing there. And written on that pillar is this, in Phoenician letters, archaic Hebrew, it contained the words Mizraim, Egypt, Solomon, Edom, Death, Pharaoh, Moses, and Yahweh indicating that King Solomon had set these pillars or set these columns as memorial to the miracle of the crossing of the sea. Saudi Arabia does not admit tourists and perhaps fearing unauthorised visitors. The Saudi Arabian authorities have since removed this column and replaced it with a flag marker where it once stood. But you would never know that there was a column. And where that column is now, they don't know. That's made of red granite, right, very hard. Been carved, shaped, etc., etc. Okay, so we go to the next slide. That's it there Solomon's column, and that uh, picture there with the red cylinder is simply saying the Red Sea Coastal uh, Survey, right? Peg, that's where the column was. Okay, they removed it, no one knows where that column is. But the significant thing is this why would Solomon erect two columns on either side? for no reason, and have those terms engraved upon them. Yeah. Okay, so now we're talking about clusters, remember, all right? So we're talking about the Word of God says, we're talking about New Eber Beach, we're talking about these columns, we're talking about the Split Rock and Horb, we're talking about the Mount Sinai where it's blackened, we're talking about uh, Elijah's cave, we're talking about those pens, we're talking about the various drawings, etc., etc., all right? Now, we also have this topography there, Um, which shows where the crossing, they believe the crossing to have been, from Nuweba across to the other side. Okay? Now, what they've found is in some of these areas here, it's a mile deep, the water is. But where the crossing is, it begins to shallow. And they've recognised that it's not hard for them to walk down what they have considered, if the water is pushed away, a gentle sort of a slope down. It goes down quite a way and then back up the other side, okay? Now, those um, relics, as you were, of chariot, wheels, etc., and all that sort of stuff, are also on the other side, right? They're also over on the other side. And what Ron Wyatt did is he took one of these wheels, these pictures of it, uh, and he found a hub that had six, uh, you know, sort of spokes coming out from it. He took that to an Egyptianologist. Uh, who surveyed it, and he said this is in keeping with the 18th dynasty, and they had they had four-wheel, six, uh, uh, four-spoke, six-spoke, eight-spoke, which is common only in the 18th dynasty, right? Which is the time that they marched out of uh, Egypt, okay? But what it helps you and I understand that uh, the sea uh, in Aquabar, there are three deep areas. And it's classified as what they call a valley rift, uh, which goes through there. But in this area here where they uh, were, they see that, uh, and this is Ron uh, Wyatt's proposal, that he sort of sees that's the most uh, logical place that they would have crossed that God could have moved the water, right? And so when we start taking all those together, thinking, okay, so that's reasonable. If that stood on its own, then you wouldn't even go there, all right? If you also had... Um, Egyptian, uh, you know, the, the remnants of chariots, etc. there, but you couldn't cross there. there was, it was too deep, then you probably wouldn't go there. But when you take all of these things together, you begin to look and think that there's a number of relative clues that enable you to believe that there's a possibility that this is where they crossed. There's evidence of Egyptian chariots. There's evidence of uh, the crossing. There's evidence uh, of people there. Uh, Etc. Okay, go to the next slide if you wouldn't mind. Okay, now let me just. uh... Now there's a, a guy by the name of Dr. Kim, he's also got a video sort of a thing that's up there. Dr. Kim was a physician for one of the Saudi princes, and so he had access to this area on the Saudi Arabian side because he had. Uh, a privileged status. And so he has a lot of footage of many of the uh, drawings that were placed on the rock of cattle, apis bulls, all this. But he also has a picture of a Jewish menorah that is there, all right? Now, there's no reason for anyone, no one else uses the menorah, all right? It's a purely Jewish thing. But here it is in this area. So it tells you and I that something of significance took place here that is related to the Jewish people. And uh, this is a mock-up. This isn't an actual photo of them crossing, just in case you thought it was, okay? Uh, Taken from a drone of a previous time with aliens, all right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just the scripture there in Exodus 14, and Moses stretching out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind uh, all that night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went out into the midst of the sea under the dry ground, and the waters were a wall under them on their right and on their left. Now, that's quite a phenomenal thing. When you think about it, the waters were a wall, right? That means they were mounted up there. I don't know how God did it. It's just a miracle, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, we've, all sorts of people have tried to devise a particular scientific explanation for it. And every time they tried to do it, it always, to me, appears to fall short, right? Because of the, because of the fact. I kind of figure he, he caused an east wind to blow. You know how hard that wind would have to be? It would blow them across that flipping place, yeah. right? And actually, the wind is blown in the opposite direction to where they're walking. They're walking from west to east. So if an easterly wind is blowing, there's no way they're going to walk across there. So God has done something supernatural. These guys have got across. The Egyptians have followed after them, and then God has just closed it up. He just says to Moses, stretch your hand out over it. The water's closed over the Egyptians. And now there is evidence that something took place there with Egyptian chariots. All right? That you can see. You can go and get a boat. And when w- I was watching one of the videos that these guys were filming it because they decided they would go down there and have a look themselves. So they drove through the Wadi Watia, which is on the Egyptian side, and they got down there, they got a guy, they took a boat, they went diving, and they saw these things themselves. When they came back on the boat, this army Egyptian uh, uh, helicopter, army helicopter came and was circling them, and so they realised that what transpires is that it isn't just because they're Egyptians and it isn't just because they're Saudi Arabians, it's because of Islam, right? Uh, Because the thing is this, none of them want to substantiate Israel's claim to the land, all right? And so it becomes very important, all right? So, okay, go to the last slide. So this is the rejected route for for, uh, candidates, right? So anything north where it's got too far north is because they would have been... In the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey, in eleven days. So they obviously didn't go that way, because when they could have entered, in they decided, no, the you know there's the people are, are too big. There's giants in the land. There's no way we can go in. And so it shows in the green line from Egypt. They come down through here, down through the bottom. Now you see Mount Musa is what they classify as Mount Sinai. But there's about three or four Mount Sinai's in that region, what they expect. But they don't all line up with this cluster. And then down the bottom here, they've got this uh, where a proposed crossing right at the bottom. You see a white line going across the straits there of Aquaba, And then they've got Ron Wyatt's and Beach crossing halfway up. Okay? The thing is, down on the straits there, the bottom. There's no artifacts, no Egyptian artifacts. There's nothing there. Yeah. But you go up to Ron uh, Wyatt's Naweba beach crossing, and you've got Egyptian artifacts left lying there. Yeah. Hey, call me crazy, but it seems to be credible to me. Yeah. All right? Whatever way it is, they cross there. Right? So I'm more tending to think of Ron Wyatt's beach crossing for a number of reasons, not only because you got Egyptian artifacts, but because Solomon himself erected these two pillars to memorialize that crossing, okay? Because it was significant in God's deliverance and fulfilling his promises, okay? You can get these, you can just go on uh, Google, go to images and type in uh, Red Sea Crossing and all these images will come up, which is easier than taking a photo of them. Uh, and you can see them far more clearly. And so you see that where they come down from there, they cross over there, they come down to Mount Sinai, which is uh, our laws. That's where the rock is all uh, burnt. And then they travel on up. They do a little bit of a circle and they end up right up there at Jericho at the top there. Okay? So let me conclude with this. If you want to look at this stuff, write this down, right? His name is Ron Ron Wyatt. Okay, And he's got an amazing amount of videos. Now, a lot of them are discredited because Ron becomes uh, very uh, enthusiastic because he's done research into uh, Noah's Ark and decar- declares the Ark that is up there on Mount uh, Ararat in Turkey, uh, which is very hard to get there now as well. Uh, he declares that to be the Ark. He says he's discovered the Ark of the Covenant, which is you know, debatable, etc., etc. This to me is some of Ron's best work because it has a whole lot of other uh, stuff going for it. Now, there's another one that isn't to do with Ron Wyatt. This is another group of people called Exodus of Moses at the Red Sea, hyphen, the real Mount Sinai. It's a six part series and it'll take you through all this sort of stuff, it shows you all their underwater uh, works, all the sort of stuff that we've just looked at. Uh, and they just talk about it all, right? So that can help you sort of see, uh, you know, possibly, possibly this is where it happened. The reality is simply this. I choose to believe the Bible, where it says that God took them through the Red Sea and they crossed over and he took them all through and delivered them and they entered into the promised land. Now, whether this archaeological evidence actually uh, substantiates it. Um, For me, it seems quite credible, but I choose to believe what God's Word says above all the rest. But there are many things that come that just continue to help validate the story. But if you don't want to believe something, you won't believe it. And if you do want to believe something, you will believe it. But I also like all this other stuff because I find that it gives reason for me to answer those who query my belief in a supernatural God right? And that's what you and I have always got to remember. We serve a supernatural God who called the whole universe into being. Nothing's impossible for Him. If He can deliver uh, uh, two million people out of Egypt, right, uh, then He can deliver us from things, right? And we have all experienced, if you're here tonight and you know Christ, we've all experienced His miracle working power to one degree or another. And whether it's a minor miracle, Uh, in someone's eyes, it may be a major miracle for you. I kind of figured this is a major miracle for me, the transformation of my life. Because I couldn't change it myself. But He can change us. Amen?